What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Ron and Scripted Show with yours truly, Christopher Roush, the place where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. I'm excited to bring on my guest. She is amazing. We're going to have an electric conversation. Please ask us questions. Joanne Brooks, please welcome to the Ron and Scripted Show. How are you doing? Oh, I'm, I am awesome. I'm a sunny Gold Coast in Australia. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited and pumped for this conversation. Yes, you're on the other side of the world. You guys are going into your summer as we are going into our winter. I have a friend, a really good friend of mine that's in Sydney. And so we laugh about that. He's like, oh, the weather's changing. It's doing this and bloody this and bloody that and da, 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 da. And I'm like, yeah, we're going into, we actually are, we're under a hundred degrees. So we're, we're good. Like I'm in Southern California. So we have gone through a lot of heat this summer. Uh, not as bad as my brother in Austin. Uh, my brother from another mother in Austin, they've got, or my other brother from Phoenix, they were in like 120 plus degrees. I know you guys do Celsius, so I don't know what the conversion is, but it's blistering hot. They were like for three months over 120 degrees every single day. I'm like, no. Yeah, it's not fun. No. Not fun. No. <laughs> so, so you heard my intro, you heard I'm pumped up of talking about, you know, the fact that we need to pers take personal accountability. The, the mm -hmm. show is called, you know, transforming our critical moments into success. What do you most want to get across to people tonight? You know, given your story, given your journey, what do yeah. you want people to walk away from this conversation tonight? Because I want them to take notes and I want them to sit there and say, okay, I want to walk away with this. Yeah, I want them to take away the enthusiasm and the drive to actually do something different tomorrow in 10 minutes after it. Too many people sit there and wallow and going, oh, it's hard. Oh, it's the economy. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. Bloody hell. It's you. You got to fix it. You got to make the change. And I learned that lesson a long time ago when I was 18. But I'm a slow learner. I didn't realize that lesson until I was about 57. Oh, really? Talk to me about that. When did, how, how did you learn that lesson? That lesson was picture this uh, 1980. I was 18. Um, I just finished high school. And all I wanted to do was go to university. I was a young woman who couldn't say boo to a goose. Very shy. Yeah, very shy. Uh, my dad my dad ruled my world. He was the person who told me what I needed to do and those sort of things. He said I want to go to university. He said, no, you will go get a job. Really? Yeah, that was. Most parents are like, you got to go to school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I had a brother who did things at university that disturbed my dad. And so his darling daughter was not going to be exposed to that. That was the, the background to that. But being the shy person I was, so he said, go and go and sign up for all the banks, go get a job. And so in those days here in Australia, you went and did an exam, you sat the banks. I went, beauty, job done, I'll sit and wait. He said, no, now you're going to ring every one of them every day until you get a job. Now, wow. I goose, very quiet, very shy, very studious. I did that and in two weeks I got a job. And... I stayed there for 17 years, became one of uh, the few females who wrote commercial and asset finance. So I could write the finance for high rise and the paint on the walls. But the lesson that that taught me was if I want something, I'm the only one who can get that. Because the bank manager said to me, you didn't get it because you got the best score. You got it because you rang me every day. And what was I selling at an 18 year old and super shy person, totally different to who I am today, I'm just ringing up to say, hello, it's Joanne Brooks. What am I selling? Like I had no context of sales or all those sort of things. And it was only due to a whole bunch of things that happened in my life during that period of 18 to 57. Um, <laughs> a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. Husband committed suicide, liquidated companies, opened 17 companies, did success, didn't have success, whole bunch of stuff. But what I recognised was throughout that entire period and continues today that if I want something, I had to reach for it. I had to go for it. I was one of the few people that would go to my boss and say, this is a pay rise that I want today. Here's a business case. This is what I've done. This is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. And this is your ROI you're going to get from it. Here's the key points. This is how much I want. 99% of the time I got it. I partnered with some of my largest competitors and built a $30 million business in 18 months by doing that reaching out and speaking to people saying, this is what I want. This is what I'm going to do for you. This is what's in it for you. This is how I'm going to serve you. And I still do that today. Wow. So I realized that until about 57, I went, oh, look at this pattern of behavior that I've, I've done that I didn't unconsciously was doing. And 
um, yeah, got to got to you know good heights in the banking system, started businesses and all those sort of things. So for me, it's about you know like I'm 61. I started another company last year, <laughs> my 17th. Who cares how old you are? No. I have a passion. I have a drive. I know what I want to do. I'm going to start an MBA next year. I want to continue to educate myself, uh, an MBA in entrepreneurism. That's where I want to go, but I know what I want to do. I'm clear that if I want something to change, I have to take control. And the only that's what way, I'm talking about. The that's only a, that's, way, a, that, that's exactly what I'm saying. So talk to us about what was the why? What was the why? So the, the why must have been back when you were a young girl, the why must have been, I have to impress my dad. I must have get oh, my shit. dad's approval. So what was the why then? And what was the why now? Yeah. So then, all right, well, I'll just do it differently. I'll go get a job. And I took seven years to do a part-time degree while I worked. So I just went and signed up. I went to night school three times a week for seven years. It took me a long time. I know that. Yeah. Yep. Know what that's like. And today my why is I have learned so much in business, in career. I've learned so much about what, what makes me tick and why I do what I do. My why is to help women in business to understand their career, like business careers, doesn't matter. I want women to understand that they are not just someone's husband, wife, dog owner, mother, daughter, that they are a person in themselves. Gets me a bit emotional. They deserve a seat at the table. And don't stop putting yourself down because we bring a different perspective. Give us a seat at the table with, I'm not talking about just women, just men. This is about let's give us equal footing so that we can move forward with power. That's what I yeah. want. Yeah. That's what I want. That's so true. And I love, I love, I love that, that you said that because it's so important. The fact that we have to have that self-love and that self-respect for ourselves, because ultimately if we're doing it for somebody else, then really what's the value of what it is that we're doing. There's only a half heartedness in it. Like we're only going to do it to, to, to create that, that, that validation and that, that, Oh, Hey, look, dad, look, mom, look, look, husband, look, look what I did, but you're doing it for the real deal. You're rocking who you're being and the energy comes through. The energy Thanks. comes to when I first met you, I was like, holy shit, I got to definitely like I always pre interview everybody that comes on the show because I've had people on the show that didn't have that. And as soon as I started talking to you, I'm like, oh, we're going to have an electric conversation. This is going to be a beautiful conversation. But talk to us. You, you mentioned a couple of things. You mentioned a couple of challenges in your life. So talk to us about one of those low times and what it is that you learned most about yourself and yeah. your tenacity to get out, get through those low times. Yeah, yeah, you bet. Thank you for asking that question. So let's go back to the day that um, my husband, uh, first husband committed suicide. Um, so that that was, a, I was married to him for 17 years, been together with him for 20, had no sense of what was going on in his life, in his world. He was, um, th this is going to get pretty confronting. So, you know, disclosure here. Okay. He, was, he was gay. He was HIV positive. I had no idea. I got told within 40, 24 hours of him committing suicide. Now, I was the shy, quiet girl. He was the first person that I dated and the first person that I married. And we had, we had a beautiful four-year-old daughter. I was told by my, one of my family members that I had to keep that a secret. And I said the next day, F you, this has got to change. Yeah. So I didn't move house. I sold my house. I bought a house. I built it. I stayed away from my family and I raised my my um, beautiful girl. She's 27 today. It's beautiful. And I met my soulmate a year later. Wow. Married. But it was that hard slap about the back of the head that's that I realised the last 20 years had not worked for me. Yeah, I've done well in banking and did all that sort of stuff, but I went, you know what, I can't do this anymore. This has got to change. This man was tortured. He, he did something dramatic and I felt really bad for him, but it released me from a place that I shouldn't have been and I should have asked, should have got out long before. This is, you know, abuse and all these sort of things that a lot of men and women go through. Yeah. This is not a female-only space, right? But, and he was equally tortured and I understand that. But you know what? It takes that really low point to go, well, you can't get any freaking lower you can only go up. So what are you going to do? Do something different, Joanne. So I did. Mm. 
I love that. That's exactly it's such a such it's such a segue from what I opened up the show with and talking about that personal accountability that, that we have to go to the mirror and go, it's not going to be anybody else. We're always looking for somebody else to apologize to us and save us yeah. and to and to go back and do these things. How do we how do we how do we talk to us about the ego? Because you know, so oftentimes we're wrapped up in our ego versus who we truly are at our soul's connection. I think what you're at at, at you at 57, you're like. I'm connected to my soul now versus what my ego might be because I've got the, the external validation. I've done all this, but I'm still empty inside. Talk to us about that journey from that ego to being truly, because I'm, I'm the same way. I was a suit and tie speaker. I was very successful in corporate. I made a lot of money. I bought a lot of things. I had a lot of validation. It wasn't until I said, I'm just going to be Chris. I'm just going to be the no excuses coach. I'm going to swear. I'm going to have a podcast. It's called Raw and Unscripted. That's when I really connected with who I am. And that's where I really found the most love for myself and most, most love for other people. Talk to us yeah. about that journey and what we could do to help people connect with that. I love that. Another great question. So I want to take you back to another situation in 2016. This was the day that I called 100 staff in and I told my team I built a $30 million business. No Zoom in those days, conference call. Yeah. And I said, uh, we are now shutting and liquidating this company. That was within a week's notice. There was a whole bunch of moving parts, perfect storm, all those sort of things. And it does connect to ego. And, you know, lots of people came and gave me a hug. And I don't know why I said this. I do, but I don't. And I said, of, I had four offices and I said to my team, I said, I need to empty the furniture so I can sell it before the liquidators get it. Who might stay for a week unpaid and help me with that? 99% of them did. Wow. I went up to my office a team a leader came into my office and he said here's a card for you joanne we bought it for you yesterday not knowing this was going to happen and we just wanted to give you a card to say we're here with you and we want to support you and i had an opinion i went oh my god what i didn't realize was the impact you have as a business owner as a leader in your life in your family in your career in your business people are watching people are observing what you do and watching your behavior. I had the pattern of walking through the office and saying hello to every single staff member every yeah. morning. I would just do that because I love my team. They're awesome. I bring them. I do all those sort of things. But that was the time that I realized, oh, my Lordy, I've been public speaking, doing all these things, growing a big business, on television, on radio, all those sort of stuff. And, you went, and I, went, I said, wow, my team, my people, my stakeholders are always watching and you don't realise the impact you have on people. True. You don't understand that. And so what I understood instantly was there's ego and there's confidence. I always talk about leave the ego at the door but bring the confidence right forward because it's the confidence of knowing what you do and why you do it. It's understanding the impact that your business has on a community. Like you think about even a simple little store in a little country town. It has an impact on staff, people, community. It builds an, an ecology in this town by you simply selling a newspaper to 10 people a day. Right. Give them work. You give them confidence. You give them the ability to have a better life for them as you do for you. And that's the same whether you're a small news agent in a country town in Australia or you run the largest Facebook company in the world or whatever it is. You have an impact on people and you have to recognize that humbly and not with ego. Mm. That is such, that's such a treasure, Joanne. Thank you for sharing that because I mean, so many people get caught up in that egoic situation where like, I need the validation. I need the external proof, nope. but really it's about when you're connected, when you're connected, like you connected with your staff, like they're, you're like, who's on board with this. You made a difference in all those people's lives through yeah. a tough situation. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about this. I mean, considering what you went through with your, your, your husband, and I'm sorry for that. I've definitely heard stories about that. I've got personal stories about that. Talk to us about the importance of empathy and forgiveness, because I know that holds so many people back. They're blaming everybody else. Oh, my mom did this to me and my dad did this to me and my sister did this to me or my boss did this to me. And they're hanging on to this. Like it's a badge of honor. Like, look, you know, you guys all did this to me. And I sit there and I think about my mother's situation. Like my mother put me through a lot of tough situations and I sit there and I now choose to see that it all happened for me because it made me the man I am today. And it wasn't until, it wasn't until honestly, when I sat there and I said, my mother used to tell me I'm four years old, I'm four years old. I'm like, shut the fuck up. You're an old, you're 
you're a woman start acting like it like what's oh. with the stuffed animals what's with all the fucking cats like stop it like you're a brilliant person like she literally will could have been a doctor she studied to be a doctor without even going to medical school and she faked doctors out like she was so smart i'm like why do you keep saying that and then one day i said let me just let me just stop and like take myself out of the situation and, and i'm not chris anymore i'm not her son why does she keep saying four years old what happened to her at four years old like, let me, and I'm like four years old. Oh, that's right. Her parents got divorced. Her parents were in their twenties. It was 1940. She was born in 1942. She was, she was four years old. She was 19, it was 1946. What was going on in the world? What were the economic conditions? What were the work? What was everything going on? And I still get chills when I think about this. I'm like, I put my mom in my, in her shoes throughout her life. And I'm like, oh, that's right. She graduated high school and she was 15 because she couldn't have any friends. She was sent to Santa Barbara college where she was introduced to drugs and alcohol in the sixties and the, and free love. And might I be like my mom, had I gone through her experiences, exactly. might I be like her? And it was, I, it was tough for me to go, well, I would have been, I would have, no, if I had a kid, I, I'm like, no, I would have probably been like her. And I forgave her and I had empathy for her. And I had a lot of, you know, um, in writing this book, I had so much forgiveness for her and mm -hmm. I felt so bad for the life that she lived. And she really did try to do the best that she could with what she had. So talk to us about that journey of empathy and forgiveness. Cause I know with your parents and with your ex-husband, with your husband, talk to us about that because I think that could free a lot of people what's going on in their lives today. Yeah. And you know, I'll go back to my dad and I, I remember my, my dad passed away 20 years ago and we had the conversation around this situation, this circumstance where he said, no university. He literally didn't remember that. But really? what I, uh, what I, it was a long time ago, and he was not well. He was dying of cancer. But what I, what I recognise is he was fearful for me to get into the situation that my, sadly my brother, got a girl pregnant, and you know he took ages. He, he just did the fun stuff at university, like we, we all the, the shackles are off <laughs> and you're having fun and all that sort of stuff. And he right. was fearful of his youngest child to be exposed to that. And he was protecting me. And I understand that. At the time, good God, no, I had no concept of that. <laughs> I was just downright angry, really angry. And so I was just going to show him. But I absolutely understand that he was in protection mode of me and he wanted to make sure I was safe and I could get a good career. And I did well. Mm. I did it well in that career, but I didn't understand at that time. Um, when it comes to... Um, the business and, and my husband, let's go to my husband then. It, it took a long time with counselling and so on. But what I understand is about empathy, forgiveness. You have to forgive yourself first. True. Before you can forgive them. Because, as I said, I can I can imagine the, the trauma that he went through because the fact that my, my fa his family said to me, we need to keep this secret because it's shameful of what his what his sexuality was, what you know, that he was HIV positive, that this was something not to be spoken out loud about. 2001 this was, right? So not that long ago, but it was a shameful thing. And so he had a lot of, he would have had a pressure his entire life to be normal. And he was living a double life his entire life. I can't imagine the trauma that that would have caused him to take that ultimate step, right? And so what I had to recognise was I was not aware of that. I needed to forgive myself that I couldn't give him the support that he would have needed. Yeah. I had to do that first before I could go, okay, I won't forget it, but I do forgive you. And thank God my daughter and I were not HIV positive. That created a whole bunch of trauma the following week because we had to go and get blood tests and my daughter's four and now has a horrific um, horror of needles, as you would expect. Yeah. Um, I had to sit on her to get blood out of her arm within days of her dad passing, and that's a, that's a horrible thing to do to a child at four and a half. But she's a beautiful, thriving, wonderful young woman today, and I'm deeply proud of her, so yay to her. But, yep, empathy, forgiveness, you have to start with you. Everything you do has to start with you. It's a lot of the work that I do with women in business is that if you want something to change, you want to grow your business, scale your business, wind it up, close it, shut it, whatever, get get you right first. And it's, it's head, heart and gut. These need to be in alignment mm. be before you can make well-informed decisions about where you want to go, wherever you want to go. So how do you get those things in alignment? 
Um, it's working on self. So, you know, I've got a bunch of programs that will speak to that. But, you know, it's understanding where you are grounded. For me, it's going to the beach. For me, it's being out in the mountains. For me, it's meditation. It's me eating well. It's me talking to people and sharing my story. You know, this, as you can see, it makes me a little bit emotional. It still does 23 years later. Yeah. But it's important for me to share a story that is raw to say it's okay. We all, we all have things in our life that we go, we wish that hadn't happened or wish it could, could have been better. I wish it was bigger. I wish it wasn't as big as that, whatever it is. And it's about recognising and taking the time. And so for me, always learning, always listening, reading pod, reading books. There's a bunch of books sitting behind me. I'm sure you've got a bucket load of them as well. <laughs> I've got a whole ton of them. <laughs> I do audio books. I do. I buy an audio book and the real book. I listen to it and I read it and I highlight it. So do I. If it's if it's if it's, if it's a great one, I sit there and I read. I listen to it and then I buy it to read it to study yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. So when people say to me, oh, "I don't have time to do that," well, I call bullshit on that, right? We've got 168 hours a week. You can find time. How much time are you spending on that bloody screen scrolling shit, looking to buy stuff that you don't yeah. need? I've actually created a challenge for myself yes, two days ago and said, I will not buy anything on social media for the next 90 days. And so I'm keeping a tally to make sure that I don't do that because I equal, I'll put my hand up. I get caught up in that shit as well. <laughs> and it's a waste of bloody time. Why would he, why do we do that? Go search for it if you need it, but don't buy it on the spur because you're wasting time. So when people say to me, I don't have time, bullshit. Go find out, go look, look at how much time you waste and where can you recoup two hours? I guarantee you can. What if you got up 10 minutes earlier or half an hour earlier a day and you just did that thing each morning or before you go to bed or while you're eating your lunch mindfully? Mm -hmm. We'll always find the time. Get rid of the excuses, hence the no excuses coach. I tell people that all the time. I had a conversation with so many different people. I'm like, you get an hour for lunch every single day, right? I'm like, yes, I do. And I'm like, just imagine, just imagine you take that hour and you think, you know, I can't remember how many work days are in a year. I know there's 365 days in a year, but the work days, I don't know, 324 days, whatever they are. Like, just imagine what how much difference in your life there could be if you took a half an hour of that lunch and you studied something in personal development, personal growth, and you apply, not only study, but you applied it every single week. Oh, you yeah. say, I'm going to take one or two things and I'm going to apply it. How much different would your life be? But oh. you all oh, know, I, Chris, I got to go do this and I got to go do this. I'm like, well, keep up with your excuses and you'll keep up with your, your results. Yeah. And so and I love the fact that you, that you mentioned that because it really is about doing things that are differently. Dr. Wayne Dyer said, and it's one of my, my, my favorite quotes, if you continue to do what you've always done, you will continue to get what you've always got. Exactly. And so I push back when people say, they say, so where's your commitment? Do you really want this? Do you really want to change? Yeah. Because if you're not prepared to commit half an hour, for goodness sake, there's no commitment. Like you could read 20 books in a year, easy, 20 mm -hmm. books in a year by doing that. But not just read it, not just watch a webinar, not just listen to a podcast. Take freaking action and, and decide today I'm going to do something different. What is it? And commit to it and then tell somebody. Yes. Don't yourself. Teach them. So I've just told you I've got a 90-day challenge. So you can check in with me in 90 days or along the way and say, how's that challenge going, Joanne? I give you permission to check me because <laughs> I will tell people, right, we will be most likely to commit to it. Don't keep it a secret. Don't keep your vision or your goals or your aspirations a secret. Why would you do that? This is not about ego. This is about getting support from those that are around you who support you and want you to see better things for you. So true. See, I knew this conversation was going to be electric. We got Lee in the house. He says, Hey, Chris, what's up? We got my friend Jock in the house. He says, Good evening. Very compassionate, Joanne. We got Debbie Bettendorf in the house. My sister from another mister she says, Hello, Christopher and Joanne. She said, A nice reminder. Thanks, Joanne. You know, it's it's so true. Thank you guys for being here. Feel free to ask us any questions as we're going through yeah. this conversation. You know, what I think about, you know, what we're talking about, a lot of what holds people back, and I find this, I've been coaching for over 20 years, is fear. The fear of yeah. rejection, the fear of mistakes, the fear of failures. What if, what if, what if? So we stay in our comfort zone because there's certainty. And Tony Robbins talks about that fact. We do things for one or two reasons, to avoid pain or to gain pleasure. And part of that is that certainty. If I continue to do what I've, then I'm safe and I'm certain and I'm predictable and I'm good enough. 
And I ask people, I challenge people all the time. I'm like, when did it be okay? When did, when was, when did it become okay to be mediocre? When did it become oh, okay to be complacent? And, and people sit there and sit there and go, well, Chris, it's never been okay. And I'm like, then why the fuck you keep doing the shit that you're doing, right? How, when do you expect it to change? Talk to us about how we can overcome our fear of that, that failure and that rejection and those mistakes. Because I know personally, all of those have been stepping stones to get me where I'm at today. And that's where yeah. I continue to look at that. So talk to us about that journey. Maybe give us an example of where you were afraid of something or you made a mistake and you sat there and said, you know what? I'm going to shift my perspective on that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I would say back to the day when around funeral time, right? But, you know, one of the things that I know about fear is it's never when you do step into it because you're thinking, oh, catastrophe, trauma, all this stuff, all this shit's going to go down, right? It bloody never is, is it? When you do take that step, it's all in here, all in here. So for me, when I've got people who are sitting in this space and I just say to them, so tell me why do you do what you do? What is it the driver that you've got? Um, and, and often, you know, particularly with women, it's about you know, being respected and all that sort of stuff. But what does that mean? What does respect mean? Well, being recognised, great. So what does that mean? So I keep asking, keep asking, keep asking. Often it comes down to I just want my kids to be proud of me and to be, give them the life and the, and the opportunities that I never had or that I want them to have a bit more of. Cool. Tap into that thing and stick it on the wall. And so when you're scared, you go, that's why I'm doing that. This is why I'm doing that. And so, you know, for me, when I when I re pushed back on family saying, you know, you're now a widow, you need to come and live with us, you need to move you know, two hours away and come and live with us and you can't go where you are, yada, yada, you can't start a business, Joanne. I said, no, what's the worst, th what's the worst thing that can happen? Well, it won't work and I'll go get a job. Mm, I think that's okay. I can do yeah. that. So it's it's about tapping back into why you do what you do and be passionate about it and really think big goals. Give goals that give you joy, not that they scare the shit out of you, but give you joy. And so when you visualize your daughter, your husband, your whatever, whoever your significant other is or your children, you see the delight on their face when you can say, I have landed, we are here, we can now go do these amazing things as a family. And your kid says to you as a teenager, I'm proud of you, mum. That is what you're chasing. That's what you've got to tap into because that will keep you going. Oh, that must that must have landed hard. I did. Let me share a quick story on that one. During COVID, Absolutely. my daughter was um, she was in a corporate job and she got stood down. As happened here across the world, they put her through a, a, a fully scholarship MBA just to keep her going while she was, which was amazing. Free. Let's go do that. She decided to start a business. In the middle of COVID, I said, bloody brilliant. Best time to do it, Jack and Nicole. She's in marketing. She was, everyone was going online. And I said, so what made you decide to do that? And she said to me, guess who my teacher was? Oh, three guesses. Oh, my God. Me. You. And I went, oh, wow. Again, you have no idea the impact you have on people. Even your children, they're watching, right? And I went, wow, you. And she only had it for a period of a couple of years during COVID. She was busy as. And I went, I'm so proud of you. So proud of you. But that, that comment gives me goosebumps today. And that's why I do what I do. But yeah. It's it's amazing. My son tonight told me he goes, just he was doing his homework. He's six years old. And he turned and looked at me and he goes, Dad, I love you. And I said, I love you more. And he goes, No, I love you more. And I said, Why? And he just said, because you're the best dad in the world. And yeah. I was just like, out of all the compliments I get, and I get a ton of compliments every single day, like, Chris, you're so awesome. And you're so this. Or that. Yeah. that for me was like, to be the best dad. Like I never had a biological dad. I never had any, my biological dad was married with kids of his own. He did his own thing. I didn't really grow up with a lot of male influences in my life. God's honest truth. I never really wanted to be a parent and I didn't become a parent until I was 48. And so for him to sit there and we adopted him from birth. So for him to like, so there's so many parameters in this, this comment for him to sit there and look across the room without me even like cajoling. I'm like, so am I the best dad for him to yeah, say yeah. that was like, that's the best like feeling yeah. because it's real. It's, it's so real. And you know that, you know, that you had that impact in your daughter, you know, that there could have been so many different ways that you went with your situation with her. And now look how beautiful she is and how many people yeah. she's going to impact in her lives. When we think about, you know, our life and our excuses, 
what are some what are some tips that you can get from people to 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 take their top excuses and to ditch them in the trash? Like, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough knowledge. I'm not good enough. I've I've never been able to before. I've tried and I've failed. What can we do to help people? Because I'm the no excuses coach, so I want to hear this. Yeah, to yeah. get people to sit there and address their excuses and to kick them to the curb and say, you know what, instead of having an excuse, I'm going to have a mission. I'm going to have a purpose. I'm going to have a why. I'm going to have a, a driving passion for what it is that I want to do. And I'm not going to let that hold me back anymore. Yeah, I love that. Uh, an exercise that I get my clients to do is grab a piece of paper. And I'm, I am a colored pen type of girl. Lots oh, of girl, look, at, I got I got pens for days. Okay. Right, <laughs> a piece of paper. The, the job is in an hour, write 50 things down that you know. That you know. That you know. Okay. Know is truth. You know is truth. You know how to do. You're an expert in. You have a skill set in. Because a lot of people spend too much time about, oh, I can't do that. Oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, you write 50 things down. And when you get stuck, you just grab another pen. Oh, that's a pencil. Grab another color pen and go, what's one more thing? What's one more thing? I can guarantee you in, in, in one hour, you'll have 50 things. You go do it in next week and you'll get 50 things in half an hour. What that helps people understand is, shit, I know a lot of stuff. I'm really good. I've got a lot of expertise. What's all this shit about I can't do this, I can't do that? Kick it to the curb and concentrate on the things that you know you bring value. How do you serve? What are the little things you know? What are the big things you know? What are the skill sets you heard, you've learned? And they can be anything. I know how to make a great coffee. I know how to do a workflow. I know how to coach somebody. Who, whatever it is, I know how to format a Word document. I don't care what it is. But it's validating that you bring value to the things that you do every day. I'm a great mum. I look after my child. I'm a great mum, husband, wife, whatever. But get really detailed. Get granular with the detail because the more you can put down the more you are affirming that you are bringing value to what you do. But the other nice little side note is when you do that, you suddenly will probably have um, podcasts, posts, blogs, bloody every piece of content you can think of to write about, about your business that's just sitting there. You've now got a headline. Go write them. Go share your expertise. Go share your genius. That's how I get past that. And my friend, uh, my dear friend, Teresa says, hi, guys. I love that idea. Thank you for joining us, Teresa. Um, Teresa is a dear friend of mine, former coaching client and uh, just a dear soul. So thank you for joining us. Um, and I love that because when I think about that, you know, it's a fact of, of, of looking at what it is that we have. And so many times our focus is on what we don't have. And it, it's like where our focus goes, our energy flows. And so when I think about that, Talk to us about your excuses. What are your excuses and how do you get yourself out of them? Because I know for me, I'm my, I'm, I'm my own best coaching client. So sometimes when I have an excuse like, oh, I'm too tired or I'm too this, I know what I can do to, to snap myself out of that situation. Because I think of myself, my, my leverage for me, honestly, is that what would I do if a film crew was following me? And I think that someday a film crew will be following me. Sure and so I think, what would I do right now if a film crew was following me? And that's what the leverage is for me to sit there and act in, in congruence with my message to my clients. What are some of your excuses and how do you get out of them? Yeah, great. I always like to use the question. I have it on my, my wall here. It says, what is the consequence? Okay. So if I don't do that, what's the consequence of me doing that? Like, oh, I'm a bit tired. I don't want to go to Pilates this afternoon. Oh, I don't want to do my journaling. I'm a bit tired. I'll do it tomorrow. I know I won't. I know I will not. I know deeply what my pattern of behavior is. And so I've been doing a lot of work and understanding and noticing those triggers. Mm -hmm. And so I then get out off my desk and get outside. As I said, grounding for me is putting my feet on the grass, feet on the sand. I don't have sand clear by, but I have grass. So I get up and I walk out of the office. I know that that's what I need. Or I just do a really loud <laughs> type thing, really loud shout, really loud squeal, uh, a little bit deeper than that than high pitched like I just did. But it's about shaking the um, energy in the room, getting up, getting out, and, and just going, you know what, I've committed to it. I put it in my calendar that this is what I need to do today. And at 7 p.m., I'm going to go to Pilates. It's in my calendar. I've already booked it. Someone's waiting for me. So I block out my calendar for the times that I know are going to be the times that are a bit challenging because I'm going to be tired or I've got to get up really early or whatever. <laughs> Love your dog. <laughs> Smack them. They're good, they're, they're good uh, alarm bells, and mine are the same. So that's, that's what works for me is um, just recognising the trigger and the thoughts that are going in my brain going, oh, that's interesting. No judgment. That's interesting. Right. Okay, just go do that, Joanne. 
because it's always going to be easier once you get there. You're always going to go, when I go to Pilates and finish, you go, oh, so pleased I do that. I feel so good. The body feels great. Let's just keep doing that. So it's recognizing the triggers, being aware of it. So it's doing, again, doing the work on self and recognizing those things. And the more people I can tell that I'm committed to Pilates, I tell my husband and my daughter. So I'm going to Pilates at 7 p.m., remind me. And he'll come and say, you're going to Pilates? Oh, yeah, let me go. I'm going now because I'm getting caught up in stuff. So have people hold me accountable. Yes, accountability. Accountability is key. And the, and the thing about it is, is like the fact that I tell people like, you know, okay, if you're going to go work out, like just get outside the front door, like get dressed and get outside the front door. If you get outside the front door and you decide you want to go back to bed, you can go back to bed. So usually it's just that, that act of putting the shoes on, putting the clothes on and saying, okay, all I'm going to do, like I've, I've done it to myself. I'm like, I don't really feel like working out today. I'm tired. My body hurts, blah, blah. I'm just going to go do 15 minutes. Yeah. And then there has never been a time where I've gone to the gym and just done 15 minutes. Cause by the time I get there, I see other people working out. I'm like, okay. And then I do it. And then you let you right. You walk out and you go, I'm so glad I did that. There's probably been two times in my entire life. I've been working out since I was 18 years old. There's probably been two times in my entire life where I went to the gym and I probably did it sick or hung over or something where I walked out when that was really a great idea. But for the most part, 99, 99% of the time I've walked out of there going, I'm so glad I did that because you know, we didn't fall prey to our excuses. We didn't sit there and say, oh, it's comfortable for me to say this. Like you said, what's the consequence, right? And thinking about that proactively in our brain saying, but what what, what grade is going to come from this? What grade yeah. is going to come from this? If I decide to do something I really don't feel like doing right now, there's going to be a feeling of accomplishment. There's going to be a feeling of courage and confidence and in that reality, like, yes, we can do those things. It's just about putting one imperfect foot in front of the other. I was talking with my coach recently, And she was asking me like, you know, why do you think you're here today? And I said, because I constantly put one foot in front of the other that was imperfect. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I just figured it out every step of the way. I didn't know what I was going to do to go to college. And I walked up to the front admissions counter and I was scared shitless because I had a GED. I just barely got a GED. It was a seventh grade dropout. And I walked in there and I was like, they're going to laugh at me. They're going to kick me out of here. They're not going to let me come here. And I walked in and I said to the front person, I said, hi, I have no idea what to do, but I'd like to come to college here. It was a junior college in Huntington Beach, California. And she's like, oh, we can help you. And then two and a half hours later, I walked out with a, with, with books and, and, a, and, a, and a major and everything else. I was like, all right, now the next thing I got to do is show up to class. And then yeah. I showed up to class and then I did that for 12 years and I got a master's degree. Nice. You know, so, I, so I, so I love that. One of the things I want to shift gears on is so many people right now I'm talking to, and you may be feeling the same thing with your coaching clients is people are feeling overwhelmed. They're yeah. feeling overwhelmed by the news. They're feeling overwhelmed by the stress and the anxiety and the financial situations. What are some advice tips that you have for people to help them deal with overwhelm and, and chaos and stress? Stop looking at bloody social media. Oh. Just get off it. Get and off it. And the news. Put, put yourself in front of um, information that serves you that is going to be informative but not scary. Um, again, we've got 168 hours in our day. Flip it to read a book. Stop watching the news. We only hear bad shit, so why do we need to hear it? Um Filter who you surround yourself with. There are going to be people in your life that don't serve you. They could be family. Been there, done that. right? Just because they're family doesn't mean you have to hang around out with them, right? You don't have to. Just because they came into your family through some sort of miracle, birth, whatever, you don't have to be them. Proactively surround yourself with the people that serve you. Now, I'm not saying these are employees or anything like that. They could be employees. They could be contractors. They could be coaches. They could be your lawyer, your accountant, your coach, people that you admire. Listen and proactively find people that have a message that serves you and helps you to be a better version of you from today to tomorrow. That, because we're, we're surrounded by all this terrible news and all this stuff, oh, woe is me. Like this was classic during COVID. Yeah. And I call bullshit that COVID was the worst thing that ever happened to businesses. Now, this is probably going to be really contentious, but... When you're a business owner, there is always something coming at you. We are all one miserable staff member, miserable supplier, one miserable customer away from business failure. And business owners need to understand that, that it's not just COVID. Here in Australia, I know over where you are, you've had bushfires, we get them, floods, you get them. There's always something that's going to distract us from keeping focus on our business. COVID was a big one, no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. It's not the be end and all, end all, and there will be more. We will get more things that come our way. So we have to find the way to manage this overwhelm 
which is surrounding ourselves with the right people and distance yourself from the people who do not serve you. And when they and when they throw shit at you, I visually say to them, I give that back to you with love because I don't need it. You can have it back. I don't need it. Yep. I wish people well. That's my thing. I used to tell people to go fuck the fuck off. And now I just yeah. say, I just wish you well. I just wish you well. Yeah. And I love that. I love that fact that, you know, it really is about perspective. And that's what yeah. we've been talking about in this entire conversation is the fact that we have the ability to shift our perspective just a little bit and sit there and say, I'm not going to take that on anymore. Whether yeah. it's a family member or not, I wish my sister well. Um, she left when I was nine years old and she said, sorry, baby brother, I can't take mom anymore. And she went to go live with her biological dad who was very successful and very normal. We reconnected back when I was in my thirties and she was in her forties. She's nine, seven years older than me. And she turned out exactly like my mom. <clears throat> and she's oh, like, baby brother, how did you turn out? How did you not turn out like mom? You were homeless with her. You spent your entire life with her. And I said, because I chose not to. It's a choice. Because right? I, I saw, yeah, I studied successful people. Mom was not successful with people. I studied successful people and said, wow, you know, seven habits of highly effective people, how to win friends and influence people, Abraham Lincoln story, you know, uh, all the different people in the world, you know, GE guy, I can't remember his name right now, all these different people. And I'm like, that's why I'm successful because I chose not to be like my mom. And you obviously chose to be, she was so offended by this. She goes, I'm not like mom. I'm like, you went to the same career. You have the same excuses. You have a houseload of cats. You have a houseload of books and you're going to do mom one better. And she actually did. I mean, I don't talk to her anymore because I got to the point where I'm like, as much as I want to help people, I realized the writing on the wall, she never wanted to change. And so in 2005, I said, you know what? Have a great life. I hope you have the best life. I hope you're happier than hell, but please don't ever contact me again. And yeah. I have zero regrets about that. So what I know is every morning when we wake up, we have a decision to make. Do we get up? But next one is how do we get up? Yeah. The third one you should ask yourself is, what is the one thing I can do today to make me a better person? Three choices. Get up. What am I going to do? What is the one thing? That, that is a great little question to ask yourself when you're in overwhelm. Whew, what's the one thing I can do now? Do it. Ask yourself again. What's the one? And that's a great book, The One Thing. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Great book. I read it. Uh, yeah. The one thing, just ask yourself, what's the one thing I can do now? Get rid of all that shit that's going through your brain. Mm -hmm. And it'll, it'll come to you. Oh, I'll go do that. So, I, so I, I could sit here and talk to you for another seven hours. <laughs> what, so, so talk to us about what you do with, with your clients and talk to us about how you guide them through this process. I want to definitely give you an opportunity to talk about that because I know that there's, I mean, mostly women are, are, are watching this and listening to this. Right. What is it that you do for them and, and, and how can they work with you and be able to get in contact with you? Thank you. So I've, I've got a program called the Her Transformation Program. Let's switch beautifully with what the context of this podcast is. Yeah. It's an online mentored program. So I've videoed myself and there's eight weeks of video. There's a bucket load of tools. There's weekly mentoring and coaching. But what we do is we move you from connection, connection back to self, purpose. Why are you doing this? About you personally, right? Inspiration, understanding that the, the, the connection back to self um, and being inspired about the opportunity, the goals, the possibilities that are available, and then transformation to take action. But I, So I'm in there, but I bring in some other beautiful women as part of coaches in this program. So I've got a wonderful lady who, um, Simone, I literally had coffee with her this morning. She is about stage presence and public speaking. She will help and coach our clients in how to speak on stage through the, through the screen effectively and get your message across, number one. Another lady who talks about unconscious bias. We see it all the time. How do you manage that? Another lady who does a beautiful profiling tool called the Contribution Compass, Gaylene Adams-Love, which I love. I just love the name. How do you contribute to your business, to your life, to your world, to be a better version of you where you're in flow? And the last one, Jane Vandermeer, who we actually do a personal clothing styling session. I understand the importance that when you are about to take your business to a next level, your career to a next level, you need to speak confidently. You need to understand where you're in flow. You need to understand how to work around the unconscious bias. But if you don't comf you feel comfortable in your own body of what you wear, of how what glasses you wear, your hairstyle, your lipstick, for guys and gals, whatever, <laughs> it is your uh, lipstick even. Uh, it is your armor to give you the confidence to step into that fear that you're you're worried about doing. And so, my hair transformation program is the program that I'm deeply passionate about it took me about 12 to 
eight months to put together, but actually 30 years to put together if you put it into context. But I love that I've got these other women to come in and bring their genius into it to really, you know, build the, the experience of the program. So that's, and that's all available through Navigate Biz. Yeah, yeah, for the people listening on the audio podcast, spell it out for them. Yeah, N-A-V-I-G, the let the number eight, B-I-Z dot com. Yes, yes, yes. And they can get all of you on Instagram at the same handle, all yeah. social media pretty much. Yeah, all the same. Across them all, yes. Um, happy to chat. I, I'm, I'm more than happy and always happy to talk to people. And let's do a free coaching session for the first half an hour or so and let's have a conversation. Let me help you take something away. And if it's something you want to move forward with, well, great, fantastic. But we've made a connection. That's the important thing. Well, I happen to know for a fact, Joanne, and I definitely want you back on the show again because I've had such a riveting conversation with you. I knew from the moment we had our introductory call that this was going to be fire. So thank you. And I think we've both been like, yeah, we're feeding on each other. Um, you know, I highly recommend you guys to, to connect with Joanne. I mean, there are real deal people in the world and there are people like Joanne. I mean, seriously, you've been through the trenches, you've been through the shit, you've re-evaluated yourself, you have become the person that you needed to become. And you could see the connection, you could see the glow in your face of that you're happy being who you are. And I think if we can, I'm not even think, I know that when all of us can get to the point where we're happy with who we are and we're really centered in what it is that we're doing and becoming, the world would become an overnight amazing place beautiful place yeah so i, I appreciate you i'm here for you i definitely want to have you back on we could talk about so many different things um okay. so thank you again i'm gonna be i'm gonna put you backstage here for a second i'm gonna finish out the show don't go anywhere so i can still talk to you but uh thank you joanne for being here thank you and there you have it ladies and gentlemen we got margaret in the house what's up margaret she says love that question what is the one thing i can do now yeah that is actually a book it's a pretty pretty great book i listened to the podcast for a number of years like what's the one thing i could do by which doing so will garner me the, the biggest results so we think about that that's the leverage tool and that's what i talk about in my coaching program is what's the needle mover what is the needle mover today you guys have talked heard me talk about it. i'm a pen and paper guy so when you sit there and you write, like literally when I get done with the show, I'm going to do the podcast, stuff like that. And I'm going to create what my needle movers are for tomorrow. What are the three things that are going to move the needle tomorrow for me and my business, for me personally, for me, whatever it is that I need to do in my life. And it's pretty incredible what it is that you can do when you think about there's 52 weeks in a year. And if you're doing three needle movers every single day, there's a lot. There's a lot that you can do. And if you just joining the show, go back and watch the beginning of it. Because I asked Joanne at the very beginning of the show, I said, what is it that you want to accomplish in the conversation tonight? And she goes, I want people to feel empowered that they can take control of their life no matter where they're at. And that's for you, right? That's for you. We got Sue Francis in the house. Uh, she just attended my workshop. She says, great show. Thank you for being here, Sue. I appreciate you. You know, what is it that you can do differently tomorrow? And if you haven't been listening to the show or you haven't heard me say this, for me, when I wake up in the morning before my eyes open, I say what I'm grateful for. And then I say what my intentions are. And then I say my, I am, my, I am statements and my, I am statements are something that I recently added based on the fact that what I'm doing on my Friday night show, the unfiltered experience, we did a whole series on identity and who am I? Well, I'm a dad. I'm a this, I'm a that. No, I am love. I am peace. I am patience. I am excitement. Right? So when you think about that, you're grateful. I'm grateful for my son sleeping in the room next to me. I'm grateful for the fact I have a home. I'm grateful for that I woke up again today. I'm grateful for my wife sleeping next to me. I'm grateful for my clients. I'm grateful for, I'm grateful for the beautiful Southern California sunshine. And then my intentions. My intentions, number one, are to use my words and my actions to make this world a better place for who I am and what I do. My intention is to be present and playful with my son. My intention, my intention. And then as you're going through your day, did I set the intention to be pissy? Did I get that way? Trust me. I'm not fucking perfect. I'm not perfect. I have fucking sticky notes in front of me. I'm my own best coaching client. Did I set the intention to be bitchy today? No. What did I, what intention did I set today that I've not yet met? Oh, you know what? I haven't done a video today. I don't really don't feel like doing a video. Well, I'm going to do a video anyway. I'm going to do a video about not wanting to do a video. I did that the other day. I'm like, Hey guys, I'm not always fucking Mr. Amped up. I'm not always this. You know, some days we have those off days and it's good to have those off days because then it causes us to realize, Hey, I'm human. I'm normal. I don't need to be a fucking robot. And it's, it's good to have those retrospective times to sit there and go, what is it that I can do right now in this moment that can shift what it is that I'm feeling? I can focus on what I'm grateful for right now. I'm focusing on what it is I don't have for me. I'm bummed that my book isn't coming out until next year, but there it is. There it is. Guess what? Dave Grohl, my brother. Uh -huh. That's a whole other story. So 
What is it that you can do? Start your day off right. Sit there and take care of yourself. Have that first part of the morning where you're journaling, where you're listening to some personal development. You have a wake-up list where you get your energy going. I have a wake-up list. I actually have a, a, a playlist on Spotify. You can probably find it. It's called Wake Up Music. It's got ABBA. It's got Hanson. It's got all sorts of uplifting music. When I listen to it, and I start dancing, and I start, and I think Joanne did the same thing. Like, get yourself in the mood. Like, what's you gonna do? I'm gonna fucking party. I'm gonna the Casey and the Sunshine Band. Ooh, doo, doo. You start moving and grooving. Guess what? That starts flowing. So what is it that you're going to do differently about your life? What is it you're going to do differently? And who is it that you're going to let go of? And what is it that you're going to let go of? Because you can't keep taking on all this bullshit. We talk about tolerations, right? What is it that you're tolerating from yourself? Tomorrow, what's one thing you're tolerating from yourself? What's one thing you're tolerating from other people? And what's one thing you're tolerating from an inanimate object? And focus on eliminating those tolerations. You know what? I'm not going to tolerate the fact that I give myself an excuse every day why I don't work out. I'm going to I'm gonna not tolerate the fact that my kids don't pick up after themselves. I'm not going to tolerate the fact that the washing machine door sticks and I have to fucking push on it 17 times to get it to work. I'm going to call the Maytag, Maytag repairman. When you, start, when you start eliminating the tolerations in your life, it's incredible how much clarity, how much confidence, how much courage you can really attain in your life. And over time, like Joanne was talking about, you know, how many hours are in a week? What is it that you can accomplish when you put your mind to it and you focus and you dedicate yourself to doing that, that, that self-improvement, that compound interest. That's another great book, The Compound Principle. Every single day and every single way, I'm getting a little bit stronger. I'm getting a little better. I'm, I, I went to the gym today. I really didn't feel like going to the gym. I went to the gym and I felt great. You know, I had an afternoon workout. I didn't do my work morning workout. So I went to the gym after I had to do something else and I was going to pass by and I'm like, I'll do it tomorrow. I'm like, no, Chris, you're right here. So what is it that you can do in your life? Well, how can you start taking better responsibility for yourself? Not letting the past dictate the present because the present is going to dictate the future. So I love you guys. Be sure to connect with her. Um, we got Holly in the house. What's up? She says such a great topic. Thank you for this. Thank you, Holly. Um, appreciate you. And um, Margaret says here, missed the start of the show. I will go back and listen. Good to see you, Chris. Love your honesty with yourself. Yes, Margaret, I appreciate and love you. Make sure you answer my text messages, woman. Uh, so that will, that concludes this particular episode of the Ron and Scripted Show. And um, I have a request for you guys. Next week is a solo show. You know, you asked me to put in a solo show every once in a while. So I want you to message me however you want to message me. You can send me an email, info at noexcusescoach.com. Next week's show can be all about what it is that you want me to be about. So what's going on in your life? What kind of subjects would you like me to riff on? Um, I recently just did one that's been super huge. It was uh, episode number 225 was the No Excuses Confidence Show. Like people wanted me to talk about that and I went off. You know, I went pretty crazy on that one. So what is it you want me to talk about on next week's show? Because it's just me and you, just me and you, raw and scripted. Go out there, be brilliant. I love you guys. Noexcusescoach.com. We'll see you next time. Be peace.